Shalom Aleichem Kinderlach. I wanted to share with you a story about a woman, a Chassidish woman. Her name was Tzipa. Tzipa Kozliner. And there was serious nefesh she had to save hundreds and hundreds of Hasidim out of Russia. And the amazing dream that she had while she was in prison. As you know already from my previous stories, when the Jews were in Russia and there was communism and they didn't want Jews to learn Torah and to teach Torah to children and they closed down all the schools, all the chadorim, all the yeshivas, and all the shuls and all the mikvahs. They closed down everything. They didn't want Yidin to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. And uh, many of the Hasidim who went to Mesiris Nefesh and they kept Torah mitzvahs and learned Torah with their children were caught by the police, by the KGB, and they would send them away to prison. And many of them were killed in prison or they sent them away for like 10, 15 years to a labor camp, a labor camp far away in Siberia where it was very, very cold. It was like 40 below zero. It's extremely cold and they would have to work a whole day from five in the morning to late at night, chopping wood with barely any clothes on. People would freeze and most people would die before the 10 years were over. So this was a terrible time for the Jewish people, especially for the Hasidim, the Chabad Hasidim, who um, went on Mesiris Nefesh to do Torah Mitzvah, everything properly. At that time, it was right after the war, the World War II. As you know, the Nazis, Yemach Shemom, they came and conquered Europe and uh, Poland, and Belgium, and France, and Holland. But first, they didn't come into Russia. So many people from Poland, when the Nazis came into Poland, they ran away to Russia, because the Nazis hadn't been to Russia yet. So they thought they'll be safe. But when they got to Russia, they sent away many of them to Siberia to work there, to work there in some factories and on this, in the woods. Many of them died. When the war was over, which is 1946, Tovshin Vov, the Russian government decided to let many of these Polish Jews who fled from the Nazis, they ran away from the Nazis, to go back to Poland. Now, Russian citizens, if you were a Hasid, the Chabad Hasid who was from Russia, you were a Russian citizen, they wouldn't let you go out. You weren't allowed to leave. You had to stay in Russia and suffer. But those who were Polish, and they came only during the war, right? Beginning of the war, they, they ran to Russia. Those people, they let them go back to Poland. So then at that time, some Hasidim had a great idea that because the Russian government gave permission to Polish uh, refugees, Polish Jews that ran away from Poland to, to Russia during the war can go back. So then if we can get passports and give it out to all the Hasidim and their families to say that they are Polish, even though they're not, it's going to be a lie. We'll have to print 
false passport that says Polish citizen, Mr. So-and-so is a Polish citizen, and all his children are Polish citizens, so they'll be able to leave Russia. This was a very dangerous thing to do because when the KGB catches you, the secret police, right? KGB is the secret police. When they catch you doing this, 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 this fake passports, you can get killed. They send you to Siberia and then shut the person to death. They wouldn't let them live because it's a terrible thing for them. It's a big crime in Russia to do that. But nevertheless, the Chassidim weren't sure if they should do it or not. But they waited for the Friedrich Rebbe to give them the response. They wanted the Friedrich Rebbe to tell them whether they should take the risk of making fake passports and pretending that they are Polish citizens, and this way they'll be able to leave Russia. And then they'll be able to go to America, to, to the Friedrich Rebbe, go to Eretz Yisrael, but they'll get out of Russia first. Now, it took a while for the Friedrich Rebbe to give the answer, but finally the answer came back in a letter. The Friedrich Rebbe said, look up this and this Pasuk. And Pasuk said, Ayal Aruin al Hoirahor, Vayom Hashem Aruin, Vishnas Arboim, Letzeis B'nei Solomeres Mitzrayim. Aaron Akoyan went up on the mountain, and he, and he passed away on the 40th year when the Jewish people came out of Mitzrayim. And Rebendel Futafas, the great chassid who was involved in printing false passports and saving the lives of hundreds and hundreds of Hasidic families, he got the letter first. When he read it, he almost fainted because he understood what the Friedrich Rebbe was saying. Friedrich Rebbe said that he is uh, giving up his life. He's sacrificing his own life so that the Jews from Russia can come out of Russia. This is what it says in the Pasuk. Aaron Akim went up on the mountain and died on the 40th year when Jews came out of Mitzrayim. So the Jews coming out of Mitzrayim is like the Jews come out of Russia. And what does it say? Aaron Akim died after 40 years of coming out of Friedrich Rebbe was hinting that he's giving up his life so the Yidin of Rush can come out. And basically, Friedrich said, they should leave, try it, and it will be successful. He promised it will be successful. And of course, they needed to get passports and get the government to approve the passports because you can't just print a passport and then walk out and travel out of Russia. You had to have the passport stamped by a government office that says this is indeed a person who is a Polish citizen, and he can leave Russia. But how do you get officials to print these passports? Every passport had to have a picture, and they knew that these people um, had a certain name, and they said they are Polish citizens. But the KGB finds out that they are all liars, and these passports are not real passports. They're really Russian citizens, and they are just faking it, then the Russian police, the KGB, is going to catch all these Hasidim and send them away, far away to Siberia. And who knows how many of them will actually live to ever come out. But the Friedrich said they should risk it. So there was this, they needed to bribe and give money to some of those officials. 
who did they send to be the person who would take all these passports, go to this government office, and bribe with a lot of money these government officials, and so that they would agree to, to stamp them and not check whether it's real or not. It was this woman, her name was Tsipa Kuzliner. She was a Chassidish woman. Her husband was a Chassidish Yid. And she was very, very smart. And she knew how to talk to these, to these officers in the office buildings. And she would carry a lot of money with her and take hundreds of passports and ask the officials, you know, she would say, here's some money. She would bribe them and they would have to stamp the passports that they approve. These people can leave Russia. So when she went inside the big building, people were waiting. So a few Hasidim were waiting outside to make sure that she got the, the, the passports approved. And the passport was supposed to go to many Hasidim who came from all over Russia. They were all coming from all over Russia to the city of Lvov, which was a city which was right not far from the Polish border. So as soon as they get the passports, they go onto a train and they leave Russia as quickly as possible before the KGB changes their minds. So people came from all over Russia with their families and came to visit Lvov and stayed in Lvov until they get the passports stamped by the, by, by the officers of the government and, and give them permission to leave. And Tsipa came out an hour later. You could see that she was shaken. Apparently something happened inside and she hinted to the few people, Hasidim, who were outside waiting for her, that they should, like with her eyes, she sort of hinted that they shouldn't come close because she's being followed by the KGB and she doesn't want them to get in trouble too, so they should pretend they don't know her. And so it really happened a few minutes later. The KGB officers came over to Tsipa, took her, put her in her car, and they took her away. She had a lot of the passports with her. They, they arrested her and put her in a prison, and they started interrogating her every night, a whole night interrogating, asking her questions about which Hasidim does she know, who is really faking, who is lying, who is really not a Polish citizen, but they're saying they are, and she should tell the truth about everybody. And who is helping her in this work of printing fake passports? She had to tell about everyone so they can catch those people too. But she knew as a chassid, you don't tell on anybody else because then you get them in trouble. And they tortured her. They beat her. But she didn't open her mouth. She said, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. And they made her life so difficult and miserable. She was in such pain, but she didn't open her mouth. She was very, very strong. Meanwhile, something amazing happened. Because the KGB officer got this tzipa, and they thought that she will, through her, they'll get to all the Hasidim that are trying to leave with, with a false passport. They didn't pay attention on the border anymore because they paid attention on her to get all the information from her. So they can, through her, they can go catch everybody. So meanwhile, all the Hasidim that were in Lvov, not, not far from the border, quickly, quickly, really got out their bags and they printed new passports and they got out stamps and they left Russia because the KGB officers weren't watching the border so much.
So there was hardly any guards there to look at the passports. They just let them go through. So because of her, because she was caught by the KGB officers, thousand Hasidim were able to come out of Russia in several trains. And my mother and her family were also in the, on one of those trains to be able to leave. But meanwhile, Tsipa was in a lot of trouble. They put her in one prison and then they took her to another prison and they had a whole court case against her saying that she's a terrible person, she's against the government and they were waiting to give her um, a verdict. That means decide what punishment to give her. Finally, the punishment came after a few months that she has to go to Siberia far away in a very freezing, freezing cold place and work very, very hard for many hours every day. And she's going to be sent there and for 10 years, for 10 years. Now she was a tiny little woman and 10 years in these terrible places. Nobody thought that she's going to survive. She won't be able to live that long in such places. You don't get enough food. You starve. You, you're always hungry. And, and you're cold the whole time. Most people get sick and they die. The night that she got the decision of the courts, what punishment they give her, she had a dream. She was sleeping in a cell. She had a dream. And she saw she was standing in front of three Rabbanim, older Rabbanim with white beards. They were like a Bezdin. You know, a Bezdin in Torah is made up of at least three Rabbanim, three Dayanim. She stood in front of the Dayanim and she told them, they took me and they arrested me. And now they told me I have to go for 10 years to a far place in a labor camp where I'm going to have to work very hard. We're freezing cold and terrible and they're going to give me a lot of pain and torture me. And the Rabbanim listened to her and they said, well, you're not going to be there more than a year. You're only going to be there a year maximum, at the most. Not more than a year. Then they gave her brachas and brachas and brachas and she woke up. No, she waited to be sent to Siberia, but it took a few months. And then to go by train to Siberia also took a few weeks. Finally, finally, on the 6th of Av, she ended up in far away in Siberia where there was always several feet of snow. Everything was so cold, freezing, freezing cold. There was no hot uh, rooms or bedrooms. You had to sleep in the cold. And there she had to work very, very hard. Meanwhile, the Hasidim of Chabad worked very hard outside of Russia they, to raise money to bribe different officials so they should let her come out, but it didn't work. Finally, after spending almost an entire year, um, the Fiti Gerebe, and the Fabrengen in New York, it was already in New York, and the Fabrengen said special Chaim for her that she should come out soon. And indeed, exactly a year later, 
on Vav Av, she came out of prison. They said that they change her punishment, she can come out. She looked at the calendar, she realized she was exactly a year in the camp. The raid she saw in her dream. She thought that the year starts when they gave her the punishment, right? The decision. But no, 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 no. It took longer than that. She realized when they said a year, it means a year from the time she arrives in the labor camp. And that took exactly a year. In fact, she came Zion of to the camp, and the next year, Vov of at night is when she came out. She saw that the dream was a real dream, and she was saved. She moved to Eretz Yisrael, and she lived for another 30 years in Nachlas HaChabad.